If you've lost your vision, your energy, or your mojo, then this show is for you. Whether it's your health, career, relationships, it's time to reclaim and discover your best life yet. Award-winning journalist and TV host, Gail Guayardo, will touch, move, and inspire you in this entertaining, fast-paced, and informative podcast as Gail has helped thousands of people achieve massive, life-changing transformations. Here's your host, Gail Guayardo. So it's something that a lot of people probably wonder about, men and women. Why do women cheat? Well, Susan Shapiro Barish, a well-known gender expert and best-selling author who has written a book about female infidelity called A Passion for More, spent more than three decades researching this very topic. And we're super excited to have Susan join us for our Bloom bonus. Thank you so much. It's great to talk to you again. So glad to talk to you about this, one of my favorite topics of all times. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting. Um, Susan was nice enough to be on my syndicated health and wellness show, Bloom, which is headquartered in Tampa, Florida. And we have about six minutes to chat about different subjects. And I thought this was a really interesting one. And I remember thinking to myself after we signed off that day, I got to talk to her more because this is just so fascinating. And you spent so much time researching this. So what really stood out to you the most? I think that what's so fascinating about female infidelity is the assumption that it isn't happening. It's just across the board in this country, really considered not only a taboo, but as if we're still shocked when it happens when we learn about a famous woman who's had an affair, or we somehow learn that a neighbor or a friend or a sibling or, you know, one of a sister or cousin, we're all so shocked. And what I've wanted to know since the very beginning of my research is what is it that compels these women? And the truth is, the women feel it's very much an option, a choice. They're not getting what they really need in the primary relationship, be it a marriage or a committed relationship. And they're saying to themselves, you know, what's out there and why can't I feel better? It's also really a personal journey. As we know about ourselves more, we understand what kind of man we would want more. Okay. I want to expound on that a lot more because again, I find this so fascinating, but I want to go back to something that you said that historically stands out and that is how taboo it is. And uh, men can cheat until the cows come home, but a woman cheats and it's the end of the world. I mean, you, you think back of the old book, Scarlet Letter, and that really hasn't changed that much. It's a, it's a huge ordeal when a woman cheats, but it's just considered normal when a guy cheats. Why do you think that is? Because we live and we will die in a patriarchy. And in patriarchal culture, women don't have the kind of freedom. I'm not saying that great strides haven't been made in these last years. I'm saying, and now I'm wearing like my gender professor cap, but I'm saying that when we look at what agency is, what power is for women, it's been measured and women have fought very hard to really have equality. And so when you mentioned that men have affairs, well, we're all taught 
to look the other way, to forgive, to, you know, to say, oh, it was just a business trip. But more and more women trade in the same currency as men do. They travel yeah. for business. Exactly. They we we travel everywhere. And, yeah, we're in the same currency, but still the stigma is with women and not with men. Like that hasn't really changed so much, or maybe I'm missing something because I wasn't the one that did the research you were, but would you agree with me on that? The stigmatizing, the judgment, the way that women are judged, the um, eternal good girl expectation is always there. And what this very diverse group of women, all different ages, social strata, ethnicity, race, religion, from big cities to rural areas across the country, what they're telling me is that they feel very entitled to the affair, that they're saying, sure, you know, I don't want to get caught unless I do, which is a whole, we'll get to that in a minute. But I I need this. This is what the women are saying. I want this and I'm taking the risk for the reward. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, yeah, because you, you shared some statistics on the show that 90% of the women that you talked to had no guilt and 70% of women in, will engage in an affair at some point in their marriages or committed relationships. Those are staggering statistics. It is. And the reason that I think people question it so much, Gail, is because, and this circles back to what I just mentioned a moment ago, women are really good at keeping it a secret. And women are really good at balancing their lives and very skillful at still being the good wife and good mother if that's the choice they make, or just good wife or just good partner with or without children. So the expectation is that these women won't be doing this, but in fact, they are. So a lot of this to what you said earlier has to do with the fact that we are in the same currency because i know back in the day when my you know let's take for instance my grandparents you know that were born in the early 1900s um women solely relied i mean there was basically nothing that they could do really their hands were tied if their their husbands were out there running around on them who was going to keep the lights on who was going to keep food on the table who was going to keep a roof over their heads because they really couldn't go out there and and provide for their families like the man did back in the day. But today, to your point, women are earners and they're they're climbing up and they're breaking that glass ceiling. And so now they don't have to worry about that being something that you know keeps them from cheating or um, you know worries about if they get caught and their husband's like, "Look, you're out of here." So, well, yeah, and that's actually a good point because what I found in my most recent research is that if you're caught or if you confess, which some women do, it's almost a negotiating tool. And so women are saying to their husbands or partners, look, and this is almost the only way that they're ever found out. Look, I had this affair. I want you, but I'm not satisfied or I'm so disillusioned or I want more sex, or I want you to pay for more, even if I earn money, or a lot of women like that, or I want you to make me feel special, or whatever it is that the lover provides that the husband doesn't, because, or the partner doesn't, because the one thing I can assure you of is that very few women said, gee, my lover reminds me of my husband. Yeah. They're, 
They're looking for what they can't get in this relationship. And that's what's in the primary relationship. And that's what's so fascinating about it, that the women are saying, and it's really driven by whatever need they have. A lot of the women have emotional affairs. They're really looking to feel special, appreciated, understood. Um, Isn't an emotional affair just as dangerous as a physical one? It really is. And I, and the reason is that you're still crossing a line. There's almost a litmus test. So if you're having an emotional affair and you're saying things to this man, even if it's on Zoom, a private Zoom or FaceTime or email or texting, that you know it, you know what you're saying and your emoting is going beyond what the boundaries are, that it would be a betrayal. And that's really an affair too, an affair of the mind. Um, cyberspace affairs really ramped up during COVID. And a lot of women told me in my most recent research, gee, you know, life seems so precarious, time so precious. What about that guy from work I always had a crush on? What about the old boyfriend I never got to marry or live with? That's interesting. Um what does when you talk to the women like what does a virtual affair look like i mean we don't we don't have to get down to the nitty gritty but just yeah, out no, of curiosity really, what is that yeah it's a great question because a lot of my recent research was almost surprising it can be sexy it can be sexual but it's in you know it's in the metaverse it's it's not happening in a hotel room or your friend's empty apartment. It's happening in a very different form, but it's very compelling for the women. And some women only want that. When you spoke to, I know you can't tell me every story because you spoke to so many women uh, in researching your book, but what are some of the standout stories that you think people would find really intriguing? Well, I wanted to say that my research is in that I've based on my research that there are four types of affairs. So there's the empowering affair, there's the sex driven affair, there's the love affair, and there's the self esteem affair. And when it comes to self esteem, a lot of women, say in their 30s and 40s, spoke to me about feeling that they were almost invisible which is something we usually in our culture associate with ageism in women, sure. older women. Yeah. Oh, suddenly no one's looking. No one treats you with respect or thinks you look great. But what these women are saying is that they feel invisible in the marriage. Often they have little children. They're working, dual working couples. So they're really feeling like they're, they don't count. There's not enough sex. There's not enough romance. And so that is really about self-esteem. And those women are saying, wow, this man really made me feel special. When it comes to sex-driven, we understand that maybe we can liken that to what was always allowed, if you will, for men. And that is where the woman wants more sex, better sex. And by the way, 65% of the women in my study told me that the sex was better with the lover. So these women don't want an emotional connection. They really control it, say, the way men have, in our estimation, always, you know, what we think men did or do. 
So those are the sex-driven affairs. Empowering affairs, that goes back to what we talked about a few minutes ago, which is when women have the same currency. Sure, I can do this. I, I can have an affair. And I have the power. And this is an empowering experience. But here's the one. I'll tell you that really is poignant in this study. And those are the love affairs. Because you could literally be just fine with your husband or partner, your life, walk across a room at a party and be swept off your feet by what we call the thunderbolt. And those affairs, based on my research, really catapult the women who experience them into a whole other arena. Because that's really tough. We're talking about women who often are okay. They were fine until they went to the college reunion. They they found the, the high school boyfriend, the camp boyfriend, the guy at the first job, somehow through, you know, LinkedIn or some, you know, some way, face, Facebook. And here we go into a world unanticipated and extremely emotional. Yeah, you kind of just answered my next question because I was just about to ask you, you know, I, I'm I'm very, very fortunate. I'm in a, in a second marriage and getting ready to celebrate, you know, 20 years of marriage. And for me, you know, it's, I, I don't think about these things just because everything there is fulfilled. Um, that's not to say that I've been a saint in the past, but, you know, in a current relationship where you genuinely love someone and you feel loved and respected and elevated and all those things, you know, I don't think about stepping out, but, um, but I, it, it is interesting to me that you can be seemingly in a great position and then like a light switch that could change. It, to me, those were the most um, heartbreaking. I could really feel how the, and a lot of those women really did want to end up with the lover. And, and yet at the same time, several women said that while they adored the lover, he wouldn't really fit into their life. And so, you know, lots of, there's so many layers to what happens once an affair begins, because even if the women who say sex-driven affairs are, you know, very compartmentalized and really separate from the rest of their lives, we're still in a triangle now, Gail. And trying, you know, so you've got your husband slash partner, the woman, and the other man. And once that happens, it shapeshifts everything. Emotion, commitment, loyalty, you know, stand what your standards are. Several women I spoke with said, look, I never, ever thought I'd have an affair. And here I am. And, and some of these affairs last for years, mm. years. And some are wake-up calls. So they, they really run, you know, it's across the spectrum. And a wake up call. Now that leads me to the next question, because typically you would think, and, and I wouldn't want to risk this amazing marriage that I have, but, you know, for women, it happens. And again, I'm, I'm not trying to sit in any kind of, um, you know, judgment zone at all. It's interesting to me that it, it might could build better marriage. Like you could, have an affair, a lot of times you think, well, you know, once I go down that road, am I really in a healthy relationship or should I find something, find the man that I was always looking for? 
um, and 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 stay in a relationship like that. But I, it, from the sounds of it, there are instances where women have affairs, and it may strengthen their current marriage or long-term relationship. You're absolutely right. And that's why the subtitle is Affairs That Make or Break Us, because my research really shows us that for some women, the affair works and they keep it going and they're happier with their husband slash partner because of what they get from the lover and the lover and this woman have made some kind of they've come to a place or made an agreement where they both stay married. I just interviewed a woman recently who said that she, she and her lover, they don't even know the ages or names of their children. They, they just, they don't get involved with the mortgage payments in them. That's, you know, what we know what goes on in an everyday marriage, the Mm -hmm. mortgage payments and the the concerning child concerning grandchild. I've even spoken to grandmothers. And so we understand that. So this lover is just another sphere altogether. And, and women really feel good about it and they're happier in their marriages and those women don't have any intention of leaving. That's interesting. That's really interesting because, you know, from just from my own personal state, you know, you feel like when you fall out of love and when you're in like a lot of the women that you talk to, when you're, you're not having your needs met, the the man might be a no show in your life. And there just doesn't seem to be a way out or a fix for what's going on in your marriage you can see why a lot of women sit back and say, hey, you know what? I, I don't necessarily feel terrible about this because I'm not getting any of my needs met. But it is interesting, too, that it, in, 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 you know, like you say, your heart kind of breaks for that woman that struggles, that is genuinely in love with the man that she's married to. But then some outside influence happens that leads her to have feelings for somebody else. And and it, it, in your book, is there, do people tell their stories of like what happened next or how this ends? I mean, what will your readers gain from your book? Well, my hope is that women will understand themselves and understand other women through this book, that this is really, a, this is really happening. And it's happening often, and it would be surprise, surprising to us. Um, just recently, someone said to me, oh, I think it was at the 92nd Street Y in New York where I was swimming this morning. And, and someone said to me, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to read your book. Of course, I know no one who is having an affair. This woman is probably in her 50s. She has, I think, three or four children. You know, we're like locker mates. Hi, how are you? And I said to her, and I really do mean this, I assure you that you do know someone more. And I really believe that based on my research. I think that we all believe what we believe, but the truth is that women are very good at keeping secrets. They're quite facile at having time with the lover, as busy as they are. And if they so long for this, they really will make it happen. They will take that risk for the reward. So it it is happening more and more. 
And yet at the same time, the societal message persists that love everlasting is riveting. I mean, I don't know who's not, who is not raised on a fairy tale that somehow this man will sweep us off our feet. The marriage, the wedding industry is booming. Mm -hmm. And so we have that hope. And then we have what happens in reality. Do you think, because, you know, we were talking about the scarlet letter and how, you know, women still are looked at through a different lens than men are looked at when they cheat. Um, Is it women not supporting other women or understanding, like, where is the shade coming from? I mean, you know, like, is it, did, did that at all come up in your discussions? I mean, how do women themselves feel about others who cheat? Well, one interviewee said to me that she thought that she belonged to a very sort of quiet but persistent club. And that once she had embarked on an affair, that she would meet other women and she didn't know if she had radar or a like sign on her forehead, but that somehow people started confessing. Women would say, listen, here's what happened. And that she found that very reassuring that she wasn't alone. Another reason with this book is to really understand, you know, all the different kinds of stories with this diverse group of women. And so I look a little at people's backgrounds too, and the experience growing up and the modeling of the parents. And so women are really saying not, not that they don't support women, And I actually did a whole study on female rivalry for a different book called Tripping the Prom Queen. So I really investigated it and I don't hear it here. What I hear is women really going outside of like expectations, societal, cultural prescriptions. And if they have a friend who tells them, it's almost heartwarming and there's and it takes a lot now several women told me that they spoke to their mothers and that their mo- women in their 20s one woman who was engaged mm-hmm. and that their mother said i understand and i think that's a real departure from the past and one mother said yes of course you're having an affair because you know your aunts and i all had affairs so you know it really is more it's it is about support and understanding if someone reveals it yeah I, I, it's interesting to me because i feel like the lady that you met next to the locker at the ymca like i'm sitting here racking my brain and and right now i can't think i, I only have a small tribe of friends i can't think of anybody that i personally know that you know is 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 in an affair right now but i, I will say that you know, just in closing that I I think most people want to be in loving and committed relationships. And I know that your book will help women kind of understand themselves and understand what they truly want and need in their lives. And that, you know, if you can find that it's, it's a beautiful thing. And that maybe this, this, these chapters are just part of the journey of getting to where you want to be and need to be in life. Yes, it is definitely a journey and it's about self-exploration and it's about how we evolve in, in over our lives as a, as a woman, how do we 
grow. And so what do we long for? And and I will say in closing that I neither condemn nor condone, but I definitely report. I really know what these women are saying. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, you just hate that anybody that might be out there struggling with what they seem might be like a, a a dirty secret. But to I hope most people take your stance, and I take the same thing. I don't condemn. I don't condone. Um, but I do hope that people find. Um, you know, what makes them whole and, and, and what makes them feel loved. So I, I certainly want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to do the bloom bonus co- uh, podcast with us. And um, I hope you'll come back on the show soon. I'd love to. So, so good to be here. Thank you so much. Gail. All right. Take care. That's it for today's episode of your story, your health, your best life with Gail Guardo. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to win a $25,000 value VIP day with Gail herself. Be sure to head on over to your story, your health, your best life podcast.com and pick up a free copy of Gail's gift and join us on the next episode. Mm-hmm.